grandkids. Come on down. Got a little something for y'all this morning. Oh, thank you. Just what I needed. Did y'all have a good week? Yes? I didn't, that didn't sound very excited. Did y'all have a really good week? Yeah. Yeah, all right. What was on Thursday of last week? Valentine's Day, right. Did y'all get a lot of bunch of candy and stuff for Valentine's? Yeah, what does Valentine's Day represent? Yes, sir. What? Love? That's right. It represents love. So tell me what love means. What's, what's love mean to you? Okay, somebody you cherish, you said. All right, what else? What, is, what else is love? How do you show somebody you love them? Anybody? Yes. Hug them. That's right. You can give them a hug. What else? Do you give them presents? Do you tell them you love them? Lots of things you can do, right? Well, today, I'm going to give you something. Okay? These are some hearts. Hearts kind of what represents love too, right? All right. So here, I want you all to have one of these hearts. Here you go. Catch. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you don't want to? There you go. All right. Now, for that, that's going to represent God's love to you. Okay. God's love. Right? That's a little heart, but the God's love is really huge. So what I want you to do is I want you to take that heart and I want you to go give it to somebody. So anybody, anybody in the room, quick, go get up and go give that heart to somebody. Hurry, quick, hurry, hurry. <clears throat> you gonna keep yours? Okay. <laughs> All right, hurry and run back. Come on. All right, so what you just did is you just spread God's love, didn't you? So you take the love that God has, which is huge, and you go share it with somebody. And you know what? You still get to keep some of God's love, too. Because God's love is everywhere. And he's going to give it to us all. All right? So if you want to share these, you can. If you want to keep them fine too because God loves us abundantly right but, we, but he wants us to share so that's what y'all did most of you went out and you shared God's love with somebody else in the room and you can do that now every time you see a heart or a piece of candy or something like that you think about love think about God's love and how we want to share that with everybody alright let's pray together Heavenly Father we, uh, I thank you for each and every one of these kids <clears throat> thank you for love the love that you give us and the unmeasurable abundance of love that you have for us, Lord, so much so that you sent your son down to give his life for us, to take care of all these sin for us. Um, let these little hearts represent just a piece of that and know that they can go share the love. Uh, Lord, keep every one of these kids safe. And your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. He leadeth me, oh blessed thought, oh words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whate'er I do, where'er I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth his faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by water still 
seated for a minute. Now, if you were the recipient of one of those hearts and you really want to share the love, there's going to be a couple of guys standing at the door on your way out and you could share with them. Or you maybe you've already eaten it. I don't know. But, I don't know. That's up to you. Or share with your children who gave them to you. Some of those kids didn't want to give them up. Hey, um, before we get started, I want to give you a couple of ministry announcements, ministry opportunities. Uh, in your bulletin, uh, it talks about nursery volunteers needed. It would be great. We have a rotation that works in the nursery. We have several groups of four people that work there, and we rotate. It would be great to have one more rotation. Expand that a little bit. And So they're asking for four more folks to volunteer. You can see uh, Rachel Stedham. Also, coming up, there's some mission opportunities. Just want to let you be aware of them. Next week on Saturday, we're going to go to the Coweta Pregnancy Services and do some work there. They're also going to take us on a tour to kind of show us what it's all about there, and we're hoping that will give more exposure. Um, so if you want to go, you can sign up. There's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer. And also, BJ sent out a, an email that you can send back to the church office that talks about your interest in that. In an upcoming uh, mission opportunity at Bridging the Gap, we're going to go up there and work on a Saturday. And also, we're trying to put together a trip to uh, with our partners in Kentucky. Uh, we want to go back out there uh, first week in April. And so if you're interested in that, we're trying to put that together. and want to see what the team would look like. Um, so either respond to that email or you can let me know on the way out or let the church office know. And that would be great. Today we're going to talk a little bit in the book of 2 Timothy, and as you guys turn there, um, normally I guess I don't, we don't title our, I don't title my sermons, but uh, this wouldn't, instead of famous last words, let's just say last words, you know, some of the famous last words might be, hey, watch this, that might be all your famous last words, but but this is, uh, 2 Timothy is, is a letter to Timothy, and it's really Paul's last recorded words uh, we have in the Bible, and so um, if you guys would stand in honor of reading God's word, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll read verses 3 through 7. It says, I thank God whom I serve with a, with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. 
Remembering your tears, I long to see you and that, so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Let's pray together. Lord, just thank you for this day. Thank you for this worship. We've already had time to, to praise and worship you, and just thank you for that. Thank you for your word now as we open it and look at it together. Pray that you would open our hearts and show us what you would have for us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if someone knows their time is short, you know, what they want to pass on is, is probably the most important things. Um, I think about um, folks that maybe are close to death or near near the end and they want to pass on something very important to future generations, maybe some wisdom they've learned, or you know, like a last will and testament you would share with your family, uh, just the love you have for them. Uh, and so what we have this morning is book of 2 Timothy, which is Paul's letter to Timothy. As Paul is in prison, he's in, uh, it's the second time he's been imprisoned in Rome. The time is around 67 AD. Uh, Nero is in charge and persecuting Christians uh, after the, the fire in Rome. And so Paul is there, and as you can read later on in Timothy uh, chapter 4, he knows his time is short. Chapter 4, 7 talks about he knows his, he has uh, fought the good fight finish the race. So there's some good stuff here in 2 Timothy uh, for a young pastor. There's some good stuff here for us. Um, Timothy had been important in Paul's ministry. Uh, he was, uh, met him in a place called Lystra, Lystra uh, in Acts 16, and he went with him on a missionary journey. Uh, Paul had sent him on important errands. He had sent them, him to Thessalonica, to make sure uh, things were going well there. He sent them with a letter to Corinth that would become uh, 1 Corinthians. And uh, Paul was like a spiritual father to Timothy, a mentor, someone that Timothy could learn from. And now Timothy was serving in Ephesus. He was the pastor of the young church there. Paul had entrusted him with that. And Paul writes to him to encourage him. The first book of Timothy was written of couple of years earlier, and it was really to establish, help Timothy establish the church there. It's more of a, I guess, a, uh, what you would call a leader's manual for pastors and how to set up the church. The second book of Timothy is more personal. Paul is passing the torch uh, and wants to make sure Timothy uh, is reminded of how important it is to stand for the gospel, to expect, to expect struggles to fulfill his ministry, and to keep going in the face of opposition. So there's personal things for Timothy uh, in the book, like a request to, to come soon, to bring his cloak, uh, but there's some really theological, deeply gospel-centered things here too. Uh, so it'd be great to go through the whole book. We don't have time to do that today, so we'll just do the first, first section uh, where Paul um, encourages Timothy. I want to talk about encouragement for a minute. Um, even in prison, even uh, facing death, Paul took time to encourage Timothy. What a great thing uh, encouragement is. Encouragement is powerful. Um, I think we underestimate sometimes what an encouraging word can do for somebody. Has anybody ever just been about to give up or just, man, this isn't working or I'm doing all this and nobody notices and then somebody gives you a compliment or somebody encourages you? That's powerful to keep going. And that's kind of what uh, Paul starts his letter out with here. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. First of all, he tells Timothy he is praying for them. What a powerful way to encourage somebody. To tell them we're praying for them. He's thankful for him and he is praying for him. I don't know if anybody else has ever experienced this, but you know, if you're facing something difficult and a lot of people tell you, hey, we're praying for you, and you're going through that, you can really feel those prayers. You can really feel 
you know, that God is working through the prayers of those people. And so it's great encouragement to pray for somebody. If you're praying for them, let them know you're praying for them. Now, sometimes something comes up and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll be praying for you. Or you give them the little, what's that little symbol on? Anyway, like that, like, oh, pray and pray. Well, if you say that, make sure you do it, right? Don't just say, hey, I'm going to pray for you and then forget all about it. Um, be sure you do it because it's important. So Paul starts out this letter encouraging Timothy by praying for him. Um, it's encouraging to know that people care enough about you to pray. So let them know you care, uh, you're praying for them. Let them know you're caring about them. And whether it's a medical procedure, an important decision, we need prayer. We need to pray for each other. Uh, intercessory prayer is important. We need to go before the Lord and ask him to intervene on behalf of each other. Uh, it's a way of showing each other we care. It's a way of encouraging. Um, so we need to continue to encourage each other through prayer. Um, I would say if the spirit, you know, sometimes I'll, it's kind of weird, but I'll wake up with a dream and really have an intense dream and somebody will be in that dream. Well, I think maybe it's time to pray for them. You know, maybe God is bringing them to my mind. So I just, as I, before I go back to sleep, I and then um, if somebody brings somebody to mind, maybe somebody's on your mind all day. Why are they on your mind? Stop and pray for them. Who knows what kind of prayers they need. So we need to make it a habit to pray for each other. Um, you never know what people are going through. You never know what that word of, hey, I'm praying for you, will help them not give up. We need to pray for our leaders. If you're in a Sunday school class, pray for your Sunday school teacher. Sunday school teacher, pray for your students. Let's pray for each other. If you're a student at school, pray for your teachers. They need it. Pray for patience for them. It's not only encouraging, you know, it's encouraging somebody that you're praying for. God answers prayer, and so it's powerful that you're praying for them too. God, God will answer that prayer. So. The next way Paul encourages Timothy here is to remind him of the godly influences in his life. First off, you know, Paul is a godly influence. And he talks about that. Apparently the last time they had met, the last time they were together and Paul left, there was some, he says, I remember your tears. He talks about that and talks about how he longs to see Timothy again. And so he's just, he's been a mentor to Timothy. Um, he's shown confidence in him by allowing him to Important errands for him, like I mentioned in Thessalonica and in Corinth. And he's shown confidence in him by placing him as a pastor there at Ephesus. So then he shows his love for Timothy. And so I would ask you, do you have anybody in your life who's been a spiritual mentor to you? Is there anybody that's helped shape your life? Um, I can think of one guy in my life who asked me to go on first mission trip. I really don't know why he asked me, but he did. And I went, and really we've not done a whole lot of interaction since then, but every time I see him and we start talking a little bit, I always thank him for taking me with him on that, because it really kind of opened my eyes to some things, uh, and kind of set me on a, a path of, of more intentional mission work. And so, maybe somebody's seen some potential in you, and ask you to do, ask you to go on a trip like that, or has invested some time in you, well, thank them for that, because that's important. Uh, and then on the other hand, is there anybody that you are investing your life in, and your time in? Is there anybody you are discipling? It's important that we pass that on. If there's somebody who's been a spiritual mentor to us, it's important that we are also uh, being a spiritual mentor to someone else, and passing on what we have learned. So, Make sure we are doing that. Make sure we're not walking through life uh, with blinders on, but looking out for others, and sharing uh, our experiences with them so that we can bring them along in the gospel. Uh, in addition to Paul, Timothy um, has a godly family influence that's mentioned here. Um, in verse 5, he says, I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm convinced it is in you also. 
So Timothy has a spiritual heritage. His mother and his grandmother invested uh, what they know in him. And uh, Paul reminds him of that. He encourages him um, about his spiritual heritage. Um, parents, it's important that we teach our kids about the Lord. It's important that they see our faith lived out in our homes. It's important that we share the gospel with our kids. It's important that we tell them the importance of God's word. Students, be thankful that your parents have you at church today. Thank your parents for investing their time in you and for telling, the, telling you the importance of being in God's house together. It's important. This uh, family heritage that we have is important. Next, Paul encourages Timothy by reminding him of his faith. Verse 5, he says, I recall your sincere faith, which started with his family, as we mentioned. And at the end of verse 5, he says, I'm convinced it is in you also. Paul is showing confidence in Timothy. He tells him, I've seen your faith. I've seen it in action. And I'm convinced it's there with you. What a boost for someone to <clears throat> to let them know of your confidence in them. <clears throat> Excuse me. That, hey, I trust you in this. Hey, thank you for doing that. Hey, I can always count on you. Words of genuine encouragement are powerful. And you never know, your encouragement and confidence may be just what somebody needs to keep going. So I really love how Paul starts this letter off encouraging Timothy. Timothy got some tough things to face there next. Soon Paul won't be gone, so he won't be there, so his spiritual mentor will be gone. There's been some false teaching in Ephesus, and he's going to have to face that. Uh, and he's going to address that in the rest of the book, but he starts off just encouraging him. Um, he could have started off complaining about his situation there in the prison, but he doesn't. Focus too much on himself, but he makes sure Timothy is ready to carry on the assignment that God has for him there in Ephesus. So I was thinking about encouraging. What does it take to be an encourager? Well, it takes some time to focus on someone else. You have to be observant. You have to take some action. Say thank you. Write a note. Um, look around for those who faithfully serve. And if you notice it, share it. Tell somebody, hey, thanks for doing that. Send them an encouraging note. Hey, I appreciate what you do. I think too many times we're concerned about our own problems and issues and we miss the good things God is doing around us. We may not see how he is using others for his glory. So we don't need to be self-centered, like I said, walking through life with these blinders. We need to be Jesus-centered. Jesus saw other people. He looked and saw the best in other people. And we need to do that too. We need to encourage, encourage each other you see a gift in someone else, let them know. Encourage them to use it. You might be just the one that gets them to step out in faith and use their gift. Write a note or a letter to someone who has influenced you or to someone you see faithfully serve day after day or week after week. It gives that person a boost of confidence and it could help them take the next step in doing what God has for them. So, be an encourager. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I really can't point to a spiritual mentor in my life, or I don't uh, come from a strong Christian family, and sometimes I feel alone and isolated because I'm the only one in my family who follows Jesus. So maybe you don't have the her heritage that Timothy has. Well, I would say praise the Lord for your faith, because you're standing, that, standing for him uh, without that spiritual heritage. But you're not alone because Christ is with you. So let me encourage you today that if you are a Christian, following Jesus, then you've been given a gift, and God has a part for you in his plan. He's got an assignment for you, and you've been equipped by God to carry out that assignment, and that's something we all have in common. Every believer has been given a gift to use for the benefit of the church and for God's glory. Timothy's current assignment here in 2 Timothy is in Ephesus. He's um, the pastor there. 
that's been equipped by God to do it. And Paul encourages him to fan the flame to burn bright there in verse verse 6. He says, therefore I remind you to rekindle, rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. So, kindle that fire. Fan that flame. Burn bright for the Lord. Develop and use your gifts. Make full use of them. Boldly serve the Lord. And I would say that to all of us. We've all been given gifts. We've all been given talents to use for God. We've all been given an assignment to use them. So, let's get together and let's use them. Verse 7, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, of love, and of sound judgment. And Paul is an example to Timothy here and to us. You know, Paul is facing a very difficult circumstance. He's there in prison. He's facing death. But he's encouraging. He's loving. And he's focused on the gospel. Because Paul's eyes are focused on the prize. If you look up, if you just flip over to chapter 4, verse 8, Paul's perspective is an eternal one. He says, There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. So Paul knows um, where he's going. He knows the reason he has served the Lord. He has an eternal perspective. Because of that, he can tell Timothy, don't have fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear. Don't be timid in using your gift. Because we have a spirit of power, of love, and of sound judgment. What, uh, I'm trying to think of some things that might have made Timothy timid, timid Timothy. Um, but uh, he, you know, he's, his spiritual mentor was uh, leaving soon. Uh, he had been ailment. Uh, he was young. He might have been criticized because of his youth. There were several things that might have made him shrink back or be timid, uh, but Paul, Paul encourages him and says, uh, you don't have to be uh, timid. Be bold and use your gifts. Uh, and then I was thinking about us. What are some things that make us fearful of stepping out and doing what God's called us to do? We might have fear of rejection. Maybe fear of failure in the past. Maybe we've tried something and it hasn't worked out. Uh, maybe that causes uncertainty. Uh, maybe it's pride. We're focusing more on ourselves and our abilities rather than God and the abilities he's given us. And the things we can accomplish through his power. Um, so I would say take our eyes off ourselves and focus on the, what the Lord has given us. Fear will uh, stifle the work of the Holy Spirit. We want to rekindle the flame and not put it out. Fear will steal our joy and make us unthankful and complaining. So if you find yourself complaining in certain situations or being unthankful, you need to stop and repent of that. Uh, focus on the, the love and the power that God has given us. You know, we don't all have the same background, and we came to faith at various times in our lives, but... This is something we all have in common. We each have an assignment to complete, as I mentioned earlier. It's given to us by our Heavenly Father, and we've been equipped to do it. So it may not be easy. It may not be comfortable. But really, in verse 7, it tells us we have no reason to be timid to do it because of the power that's available to us. What power is available to us? Well, the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, he says, you know, when he left, power of the Holy Spirit would come, come, come upon us. Uh, we have power in the word of God. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in prayer. So God has supplied the power necessary to meet difficulties and to fill the assignment he has for us. We need to depend on him. On our own, we are inadequate, but we are not alone. And we have the spirit of love. God's love that compels us to call others to repentance. It's God's love that drives us to live for him. Fear will hold us back from serving God and serving others. We don't have to be 
timid because God loves us. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul's prayer for them is that they would be rooted and grounded in love. And if you're rooted in love, if a plant is rooted in something, whatever that is, the minerals and all that that are in that soil will come through that plant. And if we are like a plant rooted in love, the love will come up through us. And so we need to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. And then the last thing in, chapter, in verse 7, he says, and we have sound judgment. Other translations say it this way. We might have a, you might say a sound mind or discipline, sensibly minded and balanced, or a sense of self-control. We need discipline and self-control. First, to, allow, to not allow fear to overcome us. Without that discipline, without the spiritual discipline, fear will overcome us. Listen, no matter how adverse our circumstances, we do not have to shrink back. We can have sound judgment in each situation because we have sound teaching that comes from the solid rock of God's Word. Another aspect to think about when it comes to discipline or self-control is intentional structure in your life. And I'm not always the best at that because life gets busy, stuff happens, and time flies. And if we're not careful, time with God can get squeezed because we've got all this other stuff going on. Uh, and if we're not intentional, we can bounce along. I don't know, maybe not you, but me, I can bounce along from the next thing to the next thing to the next day. And the next thing you know, it's three weeks down the road. I've not sent that card I wanted to send out as an encouragement card to that person. I've not made that phone call. I'm not reading my Bible like I should. Oh, I miss church two weeks in a row, it's really hard to go, you know, it's hard to get back once you get in that habit of not going. So if we're not careful, if we're not practicing the spiritual discipline we need to practice, we can get off track. So that's, uh, we don't have to because we've been given power from the Holy Spirit to do that. So be disciplined, be diligent, be courageous. Rely on God's strength and not your own. I say, let's serve each other with love. Let's encourage each other. Let's pray for each other. And just think about it. Do you know somebody today who could use some encouragement? Reach out to them. Uh, tell them you're praying for them. Encourage them to, to, to keep up the good work. Timothy had a job to do, and Paul encouraged him to do it. Timothy had been given an, a gift, and Paul encouraged him to use it so that he could complete his assignment. Let's look at verses 8 and 9. Paul focused everything back to the gospel. So, Timothy, you've been given a spirit of not of fear, but of power, love, and sound judgment. And in verse 8, so don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord as prisoner. Instead, share in the suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which has given us in Christ Jesus before time began. So the assignment he's given us, the work he's given us to do, says there it's for God's purpose, not for our own. So we need to remember that don't keep it to yourself. If he's given you a gift, don't keep it to yourself. Use it for his glory. So I'd like to ask you a couple of questions before we close. What assignment has God laid on your heart? Is there something he's been working on you that he wants you to do? How has he equipped you to do it? If he calls you to do it, he's going to equip you to do it, right? And so my last question would be, what is holding you back? Let's step out in faith and serve the Lord together. Let's use our gifts that he's given us. Let's fan them into flame. Let's stir each other up. It's blazing fire here for the Lord. So as I pray and then the invitation is just the altar is open for prayer. If you need prayer, you can come down. If you want to join the church, come down and talk to us about that. We're having baptism next week. If anybody's here has never follow the Lord and believers baptism come down and, and commit to that so let's pray together and then
Lord, just thank you for your word. Thank you for the words here in Paul had for Timothy, Lord, and thank you that they're applicable to our lives. Pray that we will be bold and use the gifts you've given us. Pray that you will help us to look around and see others that need encouragement. God, thank you for those who've gone before us and those who've invested time in us. God, make us to be disciples and invest time in others. In Jesus' name I pray. She's got uh, something she wants to share with you guys, and then necrotic, which means dead. They don't know why it's growing. It is, but there's a lot of fluid. Um, I just came off of heavy dose of steroids, and I just found out from one of my doctors that he really thought that I was neurotic and was about to put me on some medicine for being crazy. But I leveled out. I'm off the steroids now. Um, uh, anyway, they're trying something new on me. I'm on an additional chemo, and I had forgotten, you know, kind of like childbirth, after time passes, you forget. I had forgotten about how things start tasting yucky, now sores, and all that kind of stuff. I don't care. That I, I will welcome that because the steroids are meant to reduce the inflammation, and the chemo they're giving me chemo, but they're giving it to me as um, the 
the side effects of this chemo are going to help what's going on in my brain. And when I came to CTCA five years ago, yes, they told me I had two months. Yes, I'm here five years and two months. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, Um, now I lost my train of thought. What's the last thing I said? It happens all the time. Um, oh, the new chemo, and it's it's treating the side effect. Okay, they're trying to shrink everything so that they can operate. And oh, this is a really cool guy thing because when I started. Five years ago, when they give you the tour, they said there's only two things that we do not operate on, head and brain. And I'm like, okay, no problem. It's my breast. It's everywhere else. Well, now that I need to have surgery on my brain, in January, they hired a world-renowned brain surgeon. Get out of town. When I need one, they hire one. It's, it's just God. It cannot be anything else. So, this is the easiest way to catch everyone up. Where we are right now, I finished the steroids. I finished three out of the four treatments of this Avastin. So, I literally have been going every week for different chemos, and that's okay. something we don't see. Faith is something we have a belief in. We just have faith in something. I have to tell you, faith is so real to me. It is so palpable. If God wrapped it in a bow and put it in my lap, it could not be more real. And as long as God gives me on this earth, I will spend trying to share that with people so that they know. I wouldn't change a thing that I've gone through because the best thing to come out of cancer is that I would never have imagined that I could have the relationship with Jesus and with God that I have now. to share that with y'all um, and let you know that your prayers are heard. They are most certainly felt. And uh, I want to dance a jig because I am not fighting cancer. I am fighting the side effects that kept me alive. 
God, just thank you for, uh, for this testimony. Thank you for your power. Thank you for healing. God, thank you for working in the Didi's life and for her testimony of faith and testimony of your power and, and taking care of this cancer. Pray for her as she deals with the side effects now and with the doctors. Thank you for this uh, one who's just come on board to, uh, in January that can help her. God, just pray for Didi. Pray for healing, continued healing in her life, healing on her body. Endurance and patience and strength for the for the battle. I just thank you for uh, the encouragement she is to us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we've got a word from Steve, and then Mike will come up and give us our benediction. Talk about the glory and the power of God being on display just now with Dee. There's no other way to put it. That God is His glory is being personified through her, her life. I praise the Lord for that. Today, Paul uh, was in Second Timothy chapter one, and in verse five, he talked about two ladies that had influenced Timothy. And it brought back memories to me of my mother, who left this earth about thirty-five years ago. I would not be standing in front of you today if it had not been for that godly woman. I was a handful. And she, with God's help, put me where I needed to be. And I thank the Lord for that. So, to get why I'm up here right now. Next week, we're going to have Pastor Danny Wilson uh, from Sunnyside Baptist Church preaching. And then also, uh, at 7 p.m. on the 24th, we're going to have our quarterly church conference. From the deacon's perspective, we're going to be voting a confidence vote on the elders. There will be an email coming out about that. And we're also going to be reviewing the uh, proposed changes to the Constitution. Um, no voting, just reviewing those changes. The vote will come at the next conference. So that's what I have to share with you. Thank you. Mike. If you would, join me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word today to us to be encouraging to our fellow brothers and sisters. Encouragement is a big, big thing in everyone's life. We all struggle with trials and disappointments and misleadings and stuff, and if we have that encouragement in someone, it just pushes us along. It, it makes, makes a life-changing difference. Sometimes just minute changes that make, make the end result wonderful. As we heard from Dee Dee, she has definitely been one of the biggest encouragers in this church in the last few years with all her ailments and trials and tribulations. She's always managed to be an encourager and strengthen us. Let us be more like her. It uh, just brightens our day. Lord, be with us.